The world of mixed martial arts looks very different today than it did just 20 years ago. Once the red-headed stepchild of sports, talked about only in hushed whispers and watched only on videotapes you had to return to your questionable neighbor, mixed martial arts has grown into a global phenomenon on the sweat and blood of hundreds of legendary fighters and thousands of epic events. These pioneers should not be forgotten, so crack open a cold beer, relax, and let Adam and Lewis regale you with the tales of mixed martial arts yesteryear, now on Punch Drunk History. fighter gets thrown around a lot and there are levels of great fighters but the highest level of mixed martial arts fighter the world has ever seen exists right now and it exists embodied in one man that man is Anderson Silverson what does it mean to be the greatest of all time and how can it be quantified is it titles is it winning streaks? Is it marketability? However you define it, Anderson Silva is in the conversation. A true pioneer who was so far ahead of his time and his peers. He made some of the baddest and toughest men on the planet look foolish. A master of timing, angles and range, Anderson Silva lit up the middleweight division and dominated it for nearly seven years. His career has not been without controversy, but without a doubt, Anderson Silva is one of the greatest martial artists to ever walk the earth. To reflect on his career, I'm joined by my Punch Drunk podcast co-host, Adam. Welcome to Punch Drunk History. Mate, I think it's four from four. We are, I'm going to go four for four. This is the fourth Punch Drunk History long-awaited episode. We told the fans months ago that the Silverette was coming. Lewis contracted COVID. There was 500 <laughs> pay-per-views in about three days. And, you know, life just got a, got a hold of us and we, uh, we, 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 we were slacking. And I can't come up with any more excuses, fans, so I'm just <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and um, it's here. The Anderson Silva rep is here. I've watched every single Anderson Silva UFC fight ever and, mate, it was an absolute pleasure, as it always is, looking back on these fights. It was to see how much the UFC's changed, how much hair Joe Rogan used to have and basically how much of a terrible product it used to be at one point. It was so – it's so good to see – everything just grow and with Anderson Silva's career you can really see because it went so long just how much the UFC changed over that career and fucking hell wasn't he a big part and a big reason for it without question the UFC has evolved into a much more polished product but you're right Anderson Silva really helped drive that growth and evolution with the UFC but I have to say looking back as we've done seeing the fights in the early days to the more contemporary events. I think Anderson Silva is the single strongest argument for the existence of time travel that we might have, because it just looks like he was picked up from like 2018 
and dropped in the early 2000s. Like, no problem. He just looked so far ahead of his time inside the octagon, the way he fought, how far he was ahead of these great fighters for their time. And so I feel like Anderson Silva is a great justification for the existence of time travel. Like, I, there's no other reason why he was so far ahead. He was so damn good. And he made these people look foolish. And we'll talk about some of those as we, we progress through his career. But it was just incredible uh, what, what he was able to do. And it was just, like you said, a pleasure to go back and, and watch, those, watch those fights and watch his domination of the middleweight division. And also, you know, a, a little sad to see the end of his career and some of the difficult fights he took. And we'll, we'll talk about those, but... It's it's certainly nice to see him have a bit of a career resurgence in boxing, um, because after his his UFC career really can be split into the pre Weidman and post Weidman days, uh, and yeah, one exactly. is far more one is far more glorious than the other. So yeah, man, let's let's dive into this. Let's let's talk a little bit. Oh, let's go go back to the the start of his career and. Anderson Silva was someone who came into the UFC with a whole lot of hype because of his long winning streak or his great record that he was on. And he'd beaten some seriously good fighters in other organizations. Uh, there was there was Pride, which I think he had four or five fights in. Uh, and then he became the Cage Rage champion, which you know was a smaller organization based out of England, I believe. Uh, so he'd, he'd had some accomplishments and he came into the UFC and his first fight was against Chris Lieben. In fact, this was a title eliminator fight. So welcome to the UFC, Anderson Silva. You've got some hype. Well, let's go. Let's put you in there against Chris Lieben, who had some of the heaviest hands in the division. And made Chris Lieben look like a 12-year-old schoolgirl in, 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 <laughs> in the fight. He... And it, oh, you will attest to this, Mike Goldberg, just the worst commentator. In other than having a great sounding voice, that man had no knowledge of MMA, UFC at all. And in nearly every single Anderson Silver fight, he he really demonstrates just how much he doesn't <laughs> know about everything. And um, yeah, it started with this one where Rogan, who's just a MMA nerd and junkie like us. No, clearly knows everything about Anderson Silva and his previous 20 mixed martial art fights that he's already done uh, at, at other places other than the UFC. And Mike Goldberg has clearly learned his name an hour before this fight. <laughs> and he comes out and, and Joe's just saying, like, he's Silva can do this, Silva can do that. He can fucking, he can do everything because he can do everything. And Goldberg yeah. just goes, oh, yeah, but Chris Lieben did this last. Fr-. And it's just like. And Joe just says, like, whatever. And then Anderson Silva just dominates this fight very, very well, does it in, like, such a professional manner. And Rogan just goes, yeah, uh, I told you so. And Goldberg just pretends that nothing happened. And um, that was the story of the first few fights in terms of commentary. Yeah, it just an unbelievable performance. Lieben obviously wasn't a great professional the same way that Anderson Silva was. He drank, he did drugs, he was a bit of a hothead, and he wasn't technically great. He relied on those 
angry hands. And really, he was just the perfect matchup for Anderson Silva. And that's sort of a story that becomes prevalent throughout his entire career. And we'll talk about some uh, of the not-so-good ones and some of the better ones. The stylistic matchups that presented the opportunity to Anderson Silva to have a platform to look great, you know, re were really important. And Chris Liebham, if you could pick a perfect fighter for Anderson Silva to look great against, Chris Liebham would be that because he would relied on his strong hands and his tough chin, and he would just wade forward, hands down, throwing leather. And for someone with the ability, the timing to understand range and the ability to move off at angles and time counter shots, this was just this is a match made in heaven for Anderson Silva to come in and embarrass Chris Lieben in some kind of way. And it was a brutal, brutal finish. Chris Lieben was just out on his feet. And it will be ever enshrined as one of the great knockouts because it was on the cover, I think, of the UFC's first DVD compilation of like greatest knockouts ever or something like that. There's poor Chris Lieben just getting murked on the front cover. <laughs> <laughs> An image frozen in frozen in time, <coughs> and I believe he's also um, is there's a you know trading cards are, are making a big resurgence now. Athlete trading cards, these panini cards or whatever they're called. Yeah, and there's an Anderson there's an Anderson Silver one of him just of that that image of him laying out Chris Lieben on 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 the uh, Anderson Silver athlete card, which is which is quite funny. But what I just wanted to say is that he'd had four losses up to this point. One of them was a disqualification against Yushin Okami, who would go on to have a really great career inside the UFC. And in fact, this would be a fight that Anderson Silva got back inside the octagon. But at, an, uh, at, at a tournament um, called Rumble on the Rock in Hawaii, uh, Anderson Silva was disqualified for uh, an upkick um, when Oshami uh, had his knee on the ground. It was one of these bullshit technical, like, oh, you've been disqualified for it. But it wasn't, it wasn't a loss. And we see later on, Anderson Silva would have absolutely murked Okami, and I'm sure he would have gone through and, and, and won that tournament as well. But I just wanted to say that without that disqualification loss, Anderson Silva would have gone on a 20-fight win streak, fighting some of the baddest people on the planet. Uh, and Chris, Chris Lieben would have been one to the fifth of that, uh, the fifth uh, man in that 20-win streak. And then that was an important fight because it was his first time inside the UFC. Fans were introduced to Anderson Silva. And then that put him in the picture to compete for the middleweight title against uh, Rich Franklin, who, fan favorite, great fighter, tough as nails, a bit more technical than Chris Lieben, certainly a little bit more well-rounded, the current champion. And Anderson Silva went through him like a fucking buzzsaw. <laughs> Uh, like he did for pretty much everyone <laughs> at this point. But, yeah, I, I loved the – it wasn't that I didn't know. I just kind of forgot that, you know, it pretty much instantly he became a champion. Like it was nearly like Ronda Rousey-level stuff. But um, he just walked in there, destroyed leaving, and then comes in. And Rich Franklin is, as you said, a, a, a much better class of a fighter. But Anderson Silva made him look like a much lesser class of a fighter. Left on there to try to 
just those two first opponents and the fact that Rich Franklin, Rich Franklin was the champion really sort of demonstrates the calibre of fighters that were going around at that point in time. And it's not that they weren't good. It's just that Rich Franklin would not be a top 10 fighter at it right now. In Not a chance. Not a chance. And Anderson Silva would be. And that is basically why... <laughs> That is basically why he went straight up and got a title and made that title look like, yeah, it was a man amongst boys pretty much straight away. Yeah, so he he wins the title uh, and he's supposed to fight, um, oh, sorry, he does fight Travis Luter next, but it actually, he doesn't actually get to defend the belt because uh, Travis Luter doesn't make weight. Wait, yeah. So it's not, it, <laughs> It's a, unbelievable. You just, can imagine that. You get your oppor- opportunity to fight Anderson Silva and the dude missed weight. Like, <laughs> it was, was two pounds over. On that um, Travis Luter fight, uh, another Goldberg thing that I've written down here because it was so funny. Uh, God, Goldberg right goes, we know Luter is one of the great jiu-jitsu artists in the world. And Rogan goes, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right he, yeah. He's like, no, no, he's not. He's like, he's like, he's a good MMA grappler, but like, he doesn't, he doesn't stack up. And he's like, Anderson Silva has a black belt under whoever, and he's, you know, he's probably a better grappler. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? Joe Silva said to me yesterday, he said, you know what, Mike? A lot of guys are professional basketball players, but very few are Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan esque in his grappling skills is Travis Luter. No. No, he's not. No, he's not that no, good. No, he's not that good. Oh, okay. Kobe Bryant? Uh, no, 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 he's not Tim that good. I don't know any other basketball players. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Larry Bird, is he still alive? <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, pretty funny, that. And it's so good I, that I, I, someone I, calls that out or else it would just be more embarrassing for the broadcast if they're just like no one has a clue about the fighters that are fighting. Yeah, it, it, was, it was great. And Anderson ends up basically, he ends up, well, he, he was going to submit him, but he was also elbowing him while he was triangling him as well. It was just a brutal finish. He, 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 made, he made Luter, Travis Luter, look like an absolute bum. Again, He'd had some some decent wins, good grappler. Um, he would go on then to lose to Rich Franklin as well. Sort of just one of these one of these names. Certainly not someone who was ever going to challenge for the title. And and, and Anderson Silva went. See you later. Um, that's been taken care of. His next fight, finally, which would be a real title defense um, uh, against against Nate Marquardt again. First round, runs through him, knockout of the night performance, makes Nate another good middleweight who was in the UFC for a long time, strike force welterweight champion. He competed in Pancrase, like a real hard-nosed, good good fighter for the time. And again, Silver just beats the brakes off him. See you later. (laughs) And this is, I guess we should note at this point, like this is the start of, a title run that just goes on forever. Like this is that's forever, his first right? defense, yeah. and um, yeah, it really goes on for years. <laughs> it's really, it's actually really unfair, in my opinion, that they don't class this as a title defense because the way this should work, Anderson Silva did nothing wrong. He shouldn't be punished for this. If he wins, it should be classed as a title defense. If he loses, he should still retain the belt. Travis Luter just can't win the belt. I don't. 
I, I've, I've never understood why they would punish the champion who came in and made weight and make it not for the title. I think that's, I think because nothing else has changed. I, I don't understand that. Um, you know, maybe some, maybe someone smarter than me has got an explanation for it, but I, this, that should be, that should be a, a title defense and that should, that should add to his record uh, of, of title defenses, which, um, I don't think there's many people smarter than you and I when it comes to a mixed martial arts analyst, man. <laughs> no, Mate, just... we are the we are the cream We're, of the we cr- are <laughs> <laughs> we are the Mike Goldbergs of podcasting in the MMA world. <laughs> oh, speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Good night. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. So, so after the Mark Watt fight again, just made it look so easy. Rich Franklin got his rematch, and everyone's like, "Oh, okay." Has Rich Franklin learned something? Is it going to be as easy? Um, surprise! <laughs> it was maybe even easier. Those <laughs> knees that he he got him in the clinch and just unloaded. He need Rich Franklin into the shadow realm just <laughs> vaporized him it really wasn't it just wasn't fair some of these early fights and um one one thing uh, you also notice is the stoppages are so much quicker now than they used to be like people just get the shit beat fuck out of them and they're not defending themselves like they do it happens yeah. now but the fighter is trying to defend themselves they're trying to get out of it and move in these fights, the fighter is doing nothing because they can't do anything because Anderson Silver is torturing them. And the ref just stares there. And even the commentators don't even react like this needs to be stopped. They just go, oh, yeah. No. He's nearly it's got like, him. It's like he's fucked. He's fucking out cold. Fight, fighter welfare, never heard of her. <laughs> ah, it's all right. Yeah, they probably yeah. earned a solid three grand for the loss. So it's worth oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Rich Franklin got paid $8,000 and a. And a case of Miller Lite and a handshake of Dana White for eating Anderson Silva's most devastating knees to his ribs. Probably had to pay that <laughs> and more in hospital bills. To I hope they gave him the case before the fight. Because <laughs> it looked like oh, that. Did. Yeah, he got, he got abs- again, just spectacular performance. Uh, and then a really great fight next up. And. He, he fights one of the great mixed martial artists of all time. Someone whose career spanned eras, divisions, just an incredible um, MMA career. Of course, I'm talking about Dan Henderson. He came into the UFC, and I believe, and I'm going to double check this here, but he, that's right. So he'd had already had one fight in the UFC, and he came in as the pride UFC, uh, sorry, the pride middleweight champion. And then he lost the decision coming into the light heavyweight division against Rampage Jackson for the UFC light heavyweight title. But it wasn't really his his weight class. Even though he'd fought in pride up at the weight class, he was a middleweight. And so the UFC went, okay, he's still the pride middleweight champion. Let's match him up against the UFC middleweight champion in Anderson Silva. And we're talking about a truly great mixed martial artist. He was an Olympic wrestler. And yet, and you thought in going into this fight, oh, wow, this guy could might be able to put Anderson Silva on his back. And what, what can Anderson Silva do in this situation? He had the, H, the, the famed H-bomb right hand, which was just incredible power. 
but he had good striking technique as well. He was a bit more cumbersome and a bit more rigid than Anderson Silva, certainly not the same, but but a very competent striker with devastating knockout power. Yes, yeah, so fight, This fight earned, and rightly so earned, fight of the night and was just a great fight. I went back and watched this a couple of times. This was This was such a good fight. Yeah, and one of the first times you saw, at least in his UFC career, you saw Silva get challenged. And honestly, because we're watching replays, so we know what the results are going to be, it's it's one of the first ones you enjoy watching as a replay. You know what I mean? Like, it's good yeah. to watch them all, but yeah, this yeah. one, you're just like, fuck, yeah, this is, su- this is a fight. You know, like I could watch this 10 times and I'd still enjoy watching it because all their skills are on show. And, yeah, it's two, two really, really strong athletes just going at it and... Silver got the job done. <laughs> he did. He did. Really, really impressive. Um, he, he ends up winning by submission. If I recall correctly, though, um, he, he he dropped Henderson and then pounced on him and, yeah. and, and locked locked in the in the submission. Just a very, very impressive performance. And to be able to do that to someone of Dan Henderson's caliber, who really have mixed it up and beaten some of the best mixed martial artists in the world prior to coming in. Uh, coming into the UFC, I think people don't realize Pride was the creme de la creme back then. And for him to be the middleweight champion was no mean feat. 25 seconds remains. You, he can submit people from this position alone without even the choke. Dancing seconds remain. Silva trying to finish it. Just, um, yeah, he beat Vitor Belfort. He beat Vanderlei Silva, who was just considered a murderer at that point. Just can't can't overstate what an impressive win this was by Anderson Silva. The next fight, James Irvin, whoever, just fucking tick, you know, ha- <laughs> tick done, dog, you know, dog food type fighter. Yep. Just whatever, throw him in there, grind him up. There's too many wins to spend time on him. Exactly. So it does that. And then we have an interesting matchup against uh, Patrick Cote. And this was a, this was not a spectacular fight. Um, It was a very hesitant, rangy kickboxing fight. Patrick Cote is a Muay Thai fighter, same as Anderson Silva. But like Anderson Silva, Patrick Cote liked to to counterpunch. And so both of these guys were very hesitant in pulling the trigger. Dana White lambasted them after this fight, saying it was one of the worst fucking fights he'd ever seen. Uh, just just wasn't good. I do think Anderson Silva was winning the fight. He was in no danger of losing the, the, the belt to Patrick Cote. But then uh, Cote tears his ACL uh, inside, inside the cage. Uh, the fight is ended. He can't continue. And Silva retains the belt. But it wasn't, wasn't a great fight. Um, you know, but Cote had a pretty respectable... MMA career at that point, but it wasn't it wasn't um, wasn't that exciting. Silver, yeah, Silver, Silver won the first two rounds and 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 got the job he, done um, again. Got the job done. He was going to win the fight, 
And there was no way Cote, even in a rematch, would ever win that fight. He's come out and said, oh, you know, I could have beaten him. <laughs> Anderson's just too good. He was just a, just a cut above, but it wasn't the most exciting fight because, like I mentioned earlier, stylistically, Anderson Silva was very much a light fighter to come onto him, uh, come forward, attack him, pressure him, and let him move backwards and, and, and land strikes that way. Cote wants to do the same thing, so it, it wasn't good. And then the net, again... Really not much to talk about in this next fight. Another win, but another really bad, boring fight against Tyler's latest that, again, unanimous decision, but probably one of the low points of Silva's career in terms of even throughout this incredible run. The, it was just coming off the back of the Cote fight as well to get the, that kind of criticism to then have a performance like this against uh, Tyler's latest, really uninspiring. Yeah, just the only thing I'd say on this one is this one, you know how Adesanya sort of gets those comparisons now to Anderson Silva and this this one in a weird way reminded me the most of Adesanya because they, they're such smart fighters and they're so skilled that they know that, hang on, I'm the one with the belt, so this person has to beat me. So if they're not going to beat me, I'm not going to just throw myself into the fire and just get myself beaten or cop any damage if I don't need to. And Silver just basically does what he has to do to win. He plays it very, very safe. It's like a very professional victory. And I feel like that's what Izzy does. Um, and we all know Izzy and Silver, if they need to, can fucking go toe-to-toe with anyone. But if they don't have to, right. why would you? Uh, yeah, and that was, you know, GF- GSP adopted that as well. And you realise how difficult it is to continue to defend a belt over and over again because you're facing the best in the division who are clawing and scratching for what you have you are the you are gone from being the hunter to the hunted and so it's understandable that there are some of these fights in in the careers of, of of these legendary fighters who have long title defenses not every title defense can be a spectacular head kick knockout or a war because it's just they're not going to last. And that's why they're able to have these long title reigns. And we sit back and go, wow, that's really impressive. Anderson Silva had the most middleweight title belts of all time, 13. <clears throat> that's really impressive. But then we criticize him for some of the fights within that. But those fights were only like done that way to preserve and enable those, those streaks to go on. Of course, sometimes it goes too far, like in the Tyler's latest fight where the referee literally had to tell yeah. the fighters that it's a contact sport. And you're like, <laughs> ooh, that's not good. That's not good. But I understand why, you know, you, you, fighters who, who get their shot at the title by finishing everyone all of a sudden become a bit more decision-type fighters because they don't, they're not willing to risk everything and the perks that come with it and the pay-per-view points and the millionaire lifestyle that they've able to, been able to acquire for themselves. You don't blame them for being keep, keeping it a little bit safer, especially when they're fighting the absolute baddest people in the division that the UFC can find to throw at them. So that wasn't good. So how did he fix it? He went, all right, you want to be entertained? <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to go take a random light heavyweight fight with Forrest Griffin. I was like, what? Okay, why? Why are we doing this? Anderson Silva goes up to light heavyweight, doesn't really put on the weight. He still pretty much looks the same as he as he always does and puts on one of the most famous striking clinics of all time. This is one of the iconic finishes in 
uh, and fight sequences in UFC history, in mixed martial arts history. Griffin has huge heart, though. One forty-five. Look at Silva. I mean, that's just amazing. Oh, he's him again. He's out. He's out. And it is all over. Anderson Silva wow. has knocked out Boris Griffin. Wow. Man. Are you kidding me? The spider is back. He was never gone, man. He just never <laughs> fought anybody who took crazy chances until now. You know, that's what happens when a guy like Forrest fights a guy like Anderson. A guy who takes crazy chances against a guy that technically skilled. I mean, Forrest, after he got tagged, looked so tentative and so slow. Yeah, and here we see Look at Anderson this, Joe. shows complete disdain for the striking ability of Forrest. Look at that right hand. Look at that. I mean, that was just like a paw. He just slapped him, and that was it. Look at this. Bang. That's what did it. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, and that I was I was going to pose this question to you once we got to this fight. Is it the greatest knockout ever in terms of just pure MMA, not brute power knockout just like for the purists out there it's one it's one it's easily in the top 10 easily but is it the best ever is it's got to be up there i know it's a question without notice and we could spend three hours discussing this but what do you think it's you're right it's definitely up there and Anderson Silva's also got the one against Vitor Belfort as well. And you, you, you say that maybe even that's more iconic because it just came out of nowhere. But the combination of the bobbing, the weaving, the slipping out of the way of Forrest punches, walking him on and then dropping him with that flimsy jab off of the back foot. Yeah. To be able it's, to, it's to tie it so well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it was the perfect example of how good his ability to anticipate and roll and defend himself and turn that into counter-striking. And really the concept of combat sports has always been make and miss and make and pay or don't get hit and, and hit them back. And that was art. That was art, that was art Truly, in terms of MMA. Yeah. And so, but to do it against a really good fighter as well, we're not talking about a bum here. He was the light heavyweight champion. Okay, he just lost that to Rashad Evans, but he beaten some good dudes. He's a hall some of really famer, good man. Dudes. He's, a He's a hall of warrior. yeah, Rich. You know, um, not Rich Franklin. Forrest Griffin. Forrest Griffin was a was a really really good fighter, and he got made to again the way that he did to Chris Lieben, but even more so, and even more impressive that he was the bigger, stronger fighter, former champion that. Yeah, Anderson just embarrassed him. For the listeners out there, if there's one you're going to rewatch, if there's a fight you want to rewatch, this is easily in the the top three Anderson Silva rewatches. Just for the 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 clinic that he puts on, and like we've just outlined, the he goes up in a weight class. He's fighting an absolute stud. It's just it's incredible, and yeah, the stardom was it's already there. You know, he's defended a belt five times or something at this point, but. 
Yeah, people just go. I'm sure at that point in time, people were all just going, oh, yeah, he's good at that weight, but he couldn't fight at the light heavyweight. And that was the division. Light heavyweight was all the fucking, all the stars were in the light heavyweight at that point. He goes, all right, I'll come up. Uh, first yeah, round KO, it, no worries. <laughs> especially off the back of being heavily criticized for two boring fights, he comes and he puts puts this performance on spectacular and was like, Anderson, wow, incredible. It really is. It really is like a, like a Michael Jordan. Like you know, there's all the tales you hear about Michael Jordan. How someone said this, so the next night he put up sixty. Someone said this. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Someone's like, "You're boring. You're not even that good." So the next fight he comes out and he's just like, "Fuck everyone. This is this is how good like, I am." Larry Bird putting up forty playing lefty. Yeah, exactly. That's an all time sports story. Yeah. Not to get derailed into a fun basketball story, but that's an all time sports story. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, that, that's right. He, he was like, okay, I've heard your criticism. I'm going to do something about it. And then we have the Damian Meyer fight. <laughs> Back in the middleweight division. Defends the title against Damian Meyer, who, you know, was a submission animal. And had Mike Goldberg said at this point, Damian Meyer is truly one of the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu players in the world, Rogan would have agreed with him. Because Damian Meyer, really, like the best jiu-jitsu player in the in the UFC widely regarded at that time and one of the best in the world a true stud uh in terms of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and he earns himself a title shot against Anderson Silva it was nay a good fight (laughs) this was so humiliating for Maya it was kind of laughable to be honest and um yeah Anderson Silva sort of goes from that extreme high back to doing everything very right and getting the, the win, but uh, just doing what he has to do, I guess. And But this was – this I, I think it, this might have been absolute prime peak Anderson Silva, like that Forrest Griffin fight, this fight, and he, the next few. This is when he's just like, not only am I the best in the world and I have been for a while, but I am lapping everyone. And I know like, – yeah. I see everything before you see it. I'm five seconds ahead of everything you're going to do. And, like, just don't even – like, stop even trying. Why are you trying? I'm going to win. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it looks like. Yeah. It was a strange – it was almost like he didn't uh, – he was so far ahead of him in terms of the striking and he knew he wasn't going to engage on the ground that he was just like, I don't even want to hurt you. Like, you're my compatriot. But it made for an incredibly boring fight after those – you know, first I think first couple couple of rounds, if I recall correctly, uh, he 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 landed some shots, but Maya just had no desire to engage on the feet, which turned it into a bit of a boring fight. And Silver got booed, and he was warned for not engaging as well. Just not not a great fight. Of course, Vitor Belfort was supposed to be the opponent in this one. Uh, he was a a late a bit of a, a late minute replacement for um, Belfort. But 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 nonetheless, it, it it's not a fight that lives long in the memory. You're not going. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? So Saturday afternoon, sit down and rewatch uh, Damian Meyer versus Anderson Silva because I've got some time on my hands. Like shit, don't do that. <laughs> and then <clears throat> perhaps one of the most famous fights in UFC history for how it played out the platform that Chael Sonnen had created for himself and talked his way into this title fight was simply brilliant. Amazing. And I remember exactly where I was. I was sat at my 
uh, old friend Brogan's house down on the Gold Coast watching this fight. He now fights for one FC, by the way. So shout out to shout out to Brogan. Um, what a, what a stud. Um, but yeah, remember watching this fight, thinking like, holy shit, Chael's gonna do it. And I wanted Chael to win. I was cheering for Chael for the chaos, for something different. And he beat up Anderson Silva and held him down for four and a half rounds. He was so close to tasting UFC gold. It, this, oh, re-watching this fight, I know the result. And I'm like, come on, Chael. Surely, is Chael going to do it? I don't. Chael, come on. Come on. And then, I like, know what's happened. And you're in the last round and you're like, he's going to fucking win. Like, how does he not win this fight? He's Surely he wins this fight. And in a weird way... It's the the reason he loses the fight is pretty much the reason I love MMA because anything can happen at any moment in time and boom, the the tables are turned instantly. And he's going to keep doing this. Why not? Punch from the bottom by Anderson Silva. 11-fight win streak could very well be coming to an end. A record-setting win Triangle. streak. Watch out. Triangle! This is trouble! This is trouble! Choke out Chael Sonnen! Chael's in, Anderson Chael's in big trouble. Chael's got his legs. Fight. He's got his legs across. That's what's... He's tapping! He slips it over. Slaps on the triangle. Pulls it tight. Locks it in. Now Chael Sonnen did what you're supposed to do. He stepped over with his legs. This is the way to counter the position. He stepped over. There's That's the right hand. That's a tap. Unbelievable! And it just shows you the champion mentality that Silva has to be dominated completely and probably humiliated as well. You know, Chayla talked a lot of shit. He'd criticized Brazil. He'd mocked Anderson Silva. And then he'd embarrassed him for four and a half rounds. So for Silva to still mentally be in the fight and looking for a path to victory even though he just could not stop the takedown and the onslaught that Chael Sonnen was bringing. And then throw up that triangle, catch Chael, just like, wow, that's one of the best comebacks ever. <clears throat> and we often think of comebacks as in, you know, Frankie Edgar style or um, Czech Congo against Pat Barry when dudes are heavily compromised. But if anyone's ever done a little bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know how... I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the the right word here. Not it's not humiliating, but it, it just breaks you mentally. Add into the fact that he was just getting punched in the face over and over again for four and a half rounds, that he was still in there mentally and still thinking he had a way to win this fight, just shows you what a great champion Anderson Silva was. Yeah, and set up it set up one of the all time storylines as well. In like it was already a great storyline in the lead up to this fight, and it. And it just got better and better. Chael Sonnen, you know, one of maybe the greatest ever trash talker. He, if he's not as good as Connor, he's just before him. He, he really is yeah. insanely good at it. He still is, really. But um, yeah, that's what honestly. As no, I know this is a silver pod, but as soon as I watched this, I started what like once I finished watching Silver, I started. I went back and watched a few Chael fights because I was like, fuck, I forgot how entertaining this guy was. And it's really good watching like the preview. Like the the hot like the hype video they do before the fight. Mm -hmm, oh mm -hmm. my god, it just gets you so jacked up with like all the bullshit. And then um, yeah, I guess we'll get to what happens in the next tail fight soon. But there was a couple of fights in between that that um, 
can't go unnoticed because what do you know? He defended title again and again. <laughs> and again and again. And we finally get the fight with Vitor Belfort, right? Just this phenom, this absolute murderer. I, I, I don't know if he was... I can't remember. Was he TRT Vitor at this point? He was... I can't. I can't remember if he, he was, was on TRT. He was on something at this point, <laughs> but he was on. He was on. He was on. He was on something. He yeah. was looking. He was looking good. Yoked. He was looking real good. Yoked, <laughs> and he was just knocking everyone out. And and then we get Anderson Silva, and he landed some shots, and it was like, okay, maybe this young stud could be the key to beating Anderson Silva, and then bam, we get one of the most iconic knockouts in MMA history. The front kick to the face that Vitor doesn't see coming. He thinks it's a teep going to the body. And bang, upstairs. Good night, Vienna. It's all over. Vitor looking for the big left hand. Outstanding head movement by Anderson. Like we said, second to none. argue better KO than the fucking Forrest Griffin one. So they're up for debate. Two absolute studs again, and he just makes a mockery of them. And, yeah, Anderson Silva sort of just has the – if you look – if you just look at his win-loss record, it's like every time people would obviously start doubting him, he just goes, okay, I'm going to do the best knockout I've ever done in my career straight after it. Right, right. Just – Amazing, amazing stuff. He then fights Yushin Okami, um, again, who was a really, really, really good middleweight at the time. And as I mentioned earlier, he had that disqualification loss to Yushin Okami. He gets his revenge here, murks Yushin again, makes him look very, very ordinary. And he was a very, very good middleweight fighter. And Silver just went through him like, like, he, like he didn't matter. Like, he didn't matter at all. And so we have Yushin, and then we have the rematch that the people were clamoring for, the Chael Sonnen rematch, because it was so close. He won nearly every round. Anderson Silva, you absolutely, you absolutely suck. suck. <laughs> <laughs> iconic. Just an iconic call-out. Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck. The biggest rematch in the history of the business. I'm calling you out, Silva, but we're up in the stakes. I beat you. You leave the division. You beat me. I will leave the UFC forever. And so it led to this rematch. And... Didn't quite go as Chael, as old Uncle Chael was was no. hoping for. A bit more talk the talk than walk the walk in uh, the rematch. 
Yeah, Silva was pissed and his takedown defense had improved. He was able to stuff a couple of takedowns and in the second round, as he's won to do in several occasions, just need the soul out of Chael Sonnen. Yeah, this was, uh, like I said, I was in the last fight, I was going for Chael and I wanted Chael to win. And in this fight, I think I kind of was as well. And then, uh, what do you know, Anderson Silva goes, no thanks, not tonight. I am the GOAT. Yeah, not, not, not tonight, Chael. I'm going to knee you into oblivion. <laughs> Knock out of the night performance. Okay, brilliant. Another and, career over. <laughs> I know, yeah. See ya. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit sad now because we get to the final uh, win. Or no, There's one sorry, more, not, but not, it's not satisfying. Yeah, the fi- final performance, but it's not, it's, 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 he goes back up to light heavyweight again. Uh, Merck Stefan Bonner, who just has no business belonging in there with him. Just a brutal finish. Mm-hmm. The only business <laughs> he has is that he, he you can tell for about 20 seconds that Bonner's probably a little bit more powerful than him and just a bigger human. Everything yeah, else, much Silver guy. just goes, oh, don't even, why are you even here? Yeah, he uh, then announced his retirement after that uh, and tested positive for uh, some kind of anabolic steroid as well. <laughs> so ha- ha- happy days. Silver ran through him like a train. Uh, obviously, it's light heavyweight division. And then this is where maybe Father Time started to catch up with Anderson Silver a little bit here. And he he gets knocked out by Chris Weidman, famously loses the belt to Chris Weidman after he's clowning around a little bit. And Chris Weidman is just young, hungry, explosive, can close the distance quickly, and is heavy-handed. Chris Weidman's MMA career is is a bit of a shame, a bit of what could have been, because he had all the tools to be a truly great, long-lasting champion, and it just didn't work out for him. But he put the world on notice when he knocked out Anderson Silva, because at this point, he was undefeated, 9-0, and and had some really, really great victories before he he lost the belt to, to Luke Rockhold. But this... This was the beginning of the end for Anderson Silva. He 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 got caught. He couldn't clown Weidman the same he could he, the same way he was able to clown Forrest Griffin or Stefan Bonner or any of the other numerous fighters he'd humiliated. He needed to be that little bit more technical and respect the striking and the power. But he didn't. He got caught and he lost the belt. Anderson. Shocked the world, really, Weidman. I, he was, in hindsight, he didn't shock the world, but at the time, everyone's on the silver bandwagon. Ever silver's the Correct. greatest thing that's Again, ever happened. Again, it was happened. one of those. I remember exactly where I was when yeah. I found out. I was, I, I was like mad. I was isolated. I was on like Noosa North Shore, so we didn't have Foxtel or anything like that. But I was <laughs> able to like see the results come through on my phone, and I just remember like, oh my god, Anderson Silver, what, what? How? What? I need to see this. Um, couldn't believe it. Just could not believe that, that that's the way it went down. But he got caught. And of, of course, with deference to a great champion, there was always going to be a rematch whenever 
Anderson lost the belt. That's just the way it goes, deservingly so. And we all know what happened next in the rematch with Chris Weidman. Anderson Silva snaps his leg. Oh. Really not good. It One was horrendous to, horrendous to watch. Most famous videos for all the wrong reasons ever. And, uh, yeah, there'd be people that have never watched a second of anything else in the UFC in their life, but they've seen that video somewhere of him snapping his leg. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was it was terrible. Um, but that's that's how it goes. And, and Weidman was awarded the, the victory, TKO leg injury. Um, Silver was unable to perform. And quite frankly, we all probably thought that was it. I thought Anderson Silva was going to retire. I didn't think he was going to come back from 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 that at his age. I wondered probably why he would have, want to, probably should have retired. I want, wanted wondered why he would come back, but he did. And just over a year later, he returned in a main event against the legendary Nick Diaz. And this was, I believe, this was the time Nick Diaz then tested positive. Yeah, it's ruled uh, in no contest. Mar- marijuana. Anderson Silva also tested positive for something which we'll talk about in, in a minute. But this this was the last fight that Nick Diaz had before his recent comeback. That's how long ago we're talking because he was suspended for five years. They they stole the peak of Nick Diaz from us because he lost, he lost to GSP. He got himself a, a title shot. But this fight was really the last time we saw the best of Nick Diaz inside the octagon, I guess. But even then, and this is a credit to credit to Anderson Silva, even though this was declared a no contest, Anderson was actually was declared the victor and he won this fight. He beat up on prime Nick Diaz. Yeah, definitely. And it was I guess it's kind of sad to look at the win loss and say that it's not ruled as a win, but um yeah, this was a fight I forgot about, to be honest. And uh, I like it was such a pleasure to watch. I was just like, holy shit, Silver and Nick Diaz. I forgot about this entire thing because it's yeah. kind of just scratched out of the uh, history books in a weird way. But yeah, this was this was a cool one to watch because you can. It's like what it's like watching any McGregor fight, and you know a few other fighters like you can feel it in the crowd nearly like how much everyone wants to see it and how much anticipation yes. is just there just before exactly. the fight. And I was just like, this is, this is so even, good. even on the replay of, of seeing it for the fifth, fourth, fifth time through, you still get that little, little tightening, little, little tension anticipation for what's going to be a great fight. Um, it was a great fight. Congratulations. Anderson Silva wins. I, I, you know, that should be a win in, in, in my book. However, it would be remiss to not talk about the fact that Anderson Silva tested positive for, um, in this fight for the same thing that um, Stefan Bonner tested positive for, I believe. Um, and then uh, something else, basically uh, some kind of anabolic steroid. Um, in a time where it was, it was really that flip, the flip of everyone's on it to no one's allowed to be on it. And there was just this weird time in between where – a few people were getting caught. A few people weren't, and yeah, I yeah. Don't, now, I don't hold he, it against many of these fighters, to be honest. At this point in time, right? It, well, this was the pre-USADA days, and you go back in the day, and 
everyone was looking very juicy. There were some seriously <laughs> swole dudes. And I've got to say, Anderson Silver and his team, they blamed this on a tainted uh, dick pill, <laughs> essentially. Uh, they said it was a tainted supplement. It was a dick pill he'd purchased. And uh, yeah, he, he, that's that's where the, the positive test came from. He, he would have needed those for sure, wouldn't he? Exactly, exactly. I got to say that maybe, just maybe, coming back off, the, off a devastating, horrific injury... <laughs> Maybe he just wants a little bit of a mental reassurance to help him get through those tough sessions in the gym. And I got to say, Anderson Silva has never looked physically toned, jacked. It actually looks like the man's never lifted a weight in his life. And it's entirely possible he barely does any weight training. He has no definition. He's one of the strangest physiques of an elite athlete you'll ever see in your life. He's looking pretty swole against Nick Diaz. He's got he's got defined biceps with a vein popping out of one of them. He's got defined abs that you don't really see previously. Anderson's looking for Anderson Silva, a little a little jacked. Now, I'm not saying he definitely did it, but he tested positive for it, and I'm saying his story of a dick pill makes less sense that he would have turned to a little. Over-the-counter supplement, by the way, in Brazil. So he wasn't doing anything illegal. Uh, someone in the gym says, "Hey, man, this—you know—you're going to have to tw- train twice as hard to get back to the level." Oh, I'm sore. I'm beat up. This will help you recover faster. Get a bit of this into you. Get a this br- br- Brazilian uh, Brazilian neurofen. Jungle into juice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I would not blame him at all if that was the case. Um, and I probably would have respected him more if he just came out and said, yeah, I did it. It's not illegal in Brazil. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to come back or not, but I needed this to help me get back from this cr- horrendous leg break. And we, we move on and we go. We, we, he doesn't have, then have to deal with the dick pill jokes. I think, you know, look, Chael Sonnen tested positive and I think people respected him more for it. He did lose his job at ESPN for, as an analyst because of it. But he basically said, yeah, I cheated. I wanted to do everything I could to try and win the UFC belt. I was willing to do anything, whatever I could, to give me that edge. And a lot of hey, a lot of people did, respected him for it. Yeah, I think I honestly He's- think that the reason in those early days of the UFC that a lot of the fighters were just brute strength psychopath guys that they weren't even really martial artists is because they were all on steroids, and the real martial artists didn't want to take steroids. So that's why they weren't at the top at the top level of all these other guys that are just like fucking yeah. Throw anything in my body. I just want to fucking beat yeah. people up. Hook me up. Yeah. Inject it into my veins. <laughs> literally. Right? Yeah. Literally. Um, so Anderson, for all intents and purposes, wins this fight, goes out on O'Connor's record fine. But it's an emotional comeback. In, no, Everyone thought his career was done. To come back and put a beating on Nick Diaz in that way. And then you thought, okay, what a great way to to end your career. Maybe, especially, you know, especially now you've tested positive. Maybe just right off into the sunset. Come back in a couple of years and, and as a coach or whatever, do age gracefully. No, 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 no. He comes back after his suspension is served and headlines a, a huge fight night in the UK. This is massive. Michael against Michael Bisbing. Oh man! And this is a close one, man. This is oh, a great the drama. Great fight. The drama in this fight, Adam. I'm going to kick it over to you because I know how much you love this fight and the drama. So take it away. So, yeah, it's it's a quite an even fight, but if you haven't seen this fight, it is one of the most unbelievable fights you'll ever see in the UFC, and it's not just purely because of 
the action. It's because right at the end of the, I believe it's the third round, Anderson Silva has Bisping rocked and then gives this flying knee that pretty much knocks him out cold. But the ref doesn't call it and the bell goes and Anderson Silva just runs off and jumps on the fence and he's fist pumping. He's literally celebrating. He thinks he's won the fight and Bisping's down in his corner getting all fixed up. He's got his coach yelling at him. He's getting ready for the next round and Silva thinks the fight is over and he's screaming and he he doesn't understand English. So the refs try to tell him what's happening. He's just like pushing him away because I think he thinks that everyone's telling him to get off the cage but they're all telling yeah. you to go to your fucking corner. The fight's go your, still going. Go to your corner. There's two Michael rounds Bisping left. Michael has just been resuscitated. He literally spends the entire minute that they have celebrating as if he's won the fight. And then he realizes burning right en- at the end. Burning energy so as well. So much energy. All, and, and just like the the release of whatever chemicals would be inside of you that, that just go, the stress and the anxiety and everything's gone. And then you're like, oh, how do I get all this back? But how do you switch your mindset to like, oh, shit. I've got to go back in there and fight with one of the baddest middleweights on the planet. Crazy. It, it is Crazy. so, so unbelievable that it even happens. It's like that is a like that whole situation. You could just watch like a five minute clip of that a million times. You're just like, what is going on? It is complete and utter chaos. And really, at the, at the end, um, Bisping wins. There's the tie clinch. Ooh, Bisping's very ready. Done. Oh, jumping knee. That is the buzzer. The buzzer has sounded. Herb Dean is saying the fight is not over. Michael Bisping, I have to say, Dan, he needs to protect himself at all times. times. And he was looking at his mouthpiece. Michael was distracted then by the referee who was asking for his mouthpiece. Anderson Silver is convinced that this fight is over, but Herb Dean is saying it's not. Well, now, that's Michael Bisping. The fight's not over. Michael Bisping is on his chair. His corner should be allowed in. The officials weren't letting the cornerman in. There was obviously some confusion. But now Bisping has seen his cornerman, Jason Perillo. He knows he is still in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, after five rounds, we go to the judges' scorecards for a decision. All three judges have scored this contest 48-47. For the winner, by unanimous decision, Michael! you not say that is a fucking factor if why he wins right i i love michael bisping i'm so happy that he won a title he's one of my favorite all-time fighters and this helped him on that platform to get the title shot if that chaos doesn't ensue i don't think bisping wins the fight i really don't the from how compromised he was if silver just hears the bell goes back to his corner and comes back out I think he just pours it on Bisping and just goes and goes and goes and, 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 and gets a stoppage win. I also think maybe the referee should have just called the fight anyway because Bisping was obviously uh, crazy, compromised crazy. at that point. It's nuts that that didn't happen. 
And there are some people who still scored the fight a win for Anderson Silva. Not many, but there was a few uh, MMA journalists who 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 gave it 48-47. Um, someone, uh, I've seen people score it a draw as well because they want they gave that a 10-8 round when, when uh, he drops him. But all three judges gave this 48-47 to, to, to Mike Bisping and, and he moves on and it's, a, it's another loss uh, in the career of Anderson Silva, which is a shame considering the situation. And then really from here on out, you're like, these are all just weird fights that Anderson didn't need to take. Hopefully he, made, hopefully he made some money. There was UFC 200, which was going to be absolutely huge for the UFC. Uh, it was going to be Daniel Cormier against um, John, John Jones. Jones. We had the return of Brock Lesnar. We had Amanda, uh, Amanda Nunes against Misha Tate. This was supposed to be absolutely huge for the UFC. It was a damp squid. It oh was a my shit, God. One of the shit worst pay-per-views ever because of how good it should have been. And yes, yeah. the expectation versus delivery. Oh it has to have been God. the pay-per-view that missed the mark by so far, well, the, so far. There was fucking two fights in a row, Cormier and Silva and then Lesnar and Hunt. Cormier just laid on Silva for three rounds on top of him and Lesnar did the exact same thing to Hunt. It was so boring, so, so boring. Ugh. And yeah, there was a couple of like little glimpses of Daniel Cormier where you're like, because he is kind of in his prime, he looks fit and like, yeah, he looks so so much more powerful, but yeah, nothing exciting happens at all. Of course, he's an Olympic wrestler, light heavyweight champion. Of course, he was going to physically dominate Anderson Silva, the middleweight champion, former middleweight champion, no longer in his prime. And Cormier had everything to lose. I understand why he did what he did. But my goodness, it was a boring, boring fight. And kudos to Anderson Silva for taking it. He didn't take all that much damage in the fight. Gets a payday, uh, helps the UFC out of a spot. And then he goes back to middleweight and he fights uh, He fights Derek Brunson and actually gets... We back. <laughs> we Well, we back, I guess. He... he uh, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Weird, weird one, this one, because Ugh. pretty much... Ugly. Nobody in, the me- nobody in the media or anyone really uh, scored that as a win for... Anderson Silva, and you had the rogue judge Eric Cologne giving it 30-27 to Anderson Silva. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? MMA judging back at its peak. Um, but no, yeah, all of the respected journalists, Ryan Frederick, Sean Sheehan, uh, you know, uh, Luke Thomas, Mark Raimondi, all of the big journalists, all of the big MMA sites, no one, no one gave uh, Anderson Silva, this fight, um, but he get maybe okay. You know what? You know I said it's a shame the Nick Diaz one wasn't on his record. This is this is that win back on his record. He he, he got lucky here. Um, so thirty four wins, thirty four wins. It is, uh, and that win over over Derek Brunson is his last activity for two years to the day. He takes two years off, and you're wondering is Anderson Silva ever going to come back? And Bizarrely, he comes back and fights Israel Adesanya. Yeah, that's a crazy one. It was one just 
you know, just to pull at the heartstrings of every MMA fan to make Izzy live a strange fantasy. To it was it was a, one of the weirdest fights I've ever seen because there was just too much respect inside the octagon in a weird way. And yeah, and, um, yeah, it was who who was Izzy meant to fight? Gasolum or um, what happened there? That event, I think he was meant to fight Whitaker or. No, no, I think this one, it was supposed to be the co-main event and. Ah, that's something... right, that's right, yeah. And and Whitaker and Gastelum were meant to fight and uh, Whitaker pulled out yeah, with the hernia. Yeah, that's right. Whitaker pulled Australia. out with, with the, it was in Australia. That's exactly right. And so they pushed that up to the main event. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Which it had no business being the main event. No, it didn't. And um, I wasn't at that one, but. I would have been kind of annoyed if I paid big money for a ticket and that ended up being the result. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to see how many pay-per-view buyers that one did. Ooh. Not good. Yeah, you don't. 175,000 That's why you don't buy them early. That's not just Dana tells yeah. you to buy them early. Don't fucking buy them early. <laughs> don't buy them early just to get, yeah, because that's... Yeah, that that one wasn't good. Uh, and let, let, let's quickly run through the end, to, to, the, to the end of Anderson Silva's... Uh, USC career yep. um, loses to 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 Jared Cannonier, who beats him up and then gets the shit kicked out of him by Uriah Hall as well. Really inglorious, inglorious sad end ending, to really sad ending to his career. And you're like, man, just you didn't have to do those last two. Going out the way you did, fighting the night with Adesanya could have been could have been the best best way to do it. Um, but but he didn't. He had those. He had those fights left in his contract. He fights out of his contract, and Dana White's like, "Okay, no more. We're definitely not giving you a contract." So that was his UFC career, and I don't think anyone would argue that he isn't one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. And there's a conversation that he is the greatest of all time, given of how devastating he was, how much better he was than his peers at the time, all of his records. And I just want to go through some of those records right now. As I said before, he has the most middleweight title bouts. He's uh, been the main event in 17 pay-per-views, which is second overall. He has the longest winning streak overall in the UFC at 16 and at middleweight 13. The highest significant strike percentage, the longest title reign in terms of days, 2,457, and a record which will never be touched because it doesn't exist anymore, most KOs of the night, which of course are now performance bonuses. So he put together just a monstrous domination of the middleweight division whilst going up a couple of times to just embarrass a couple of light heavyweights as well. Just a true great career. And I've, I've always said that John Jones was the greatest of all time, just in sheer dominance and what he's done, but he's just fallen so far afoul of anything that you want to enjoy and respect that it's down to GSP and Anderson Silva for me. And I truly can't split them. Yeah, that's a really good call. Uh, I agree at the moment. It's probably down to those two. Khabib is in the conversation for me. You're shaking your head ready to punch yeah. me through the uh, screen, which is fair enough. And I I really do think Kamara Usman has the ch- chance to get ahead of both of those guys because he's just doing it in a, in a better era. And um, that's fucking really impressive. And John Jones to me, I still I hate myself for it. I want to fucking shoot myself for it, but man, John Jones. 
he he has to he's just the greatest. He's up there. He's 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 so good. He is outrageously good and I'm so pissed off that he's just been a piece of shit and refused to get help and you know it's unforgivable. They're laying his hands on his wife like that or his girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm not sure what the situation is in front of the kids. It's just it's just it just it's just sucks. It's a sad situation. But this is this is the Anderson Silva history pod. So let's not get too sidetracked because So if he's not the MMA, goat, he's in your top two though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. top two. No, easily. That's a, yeah. It, it's you can't even deny us that. There's no arguing that. Yeah. Um, so after, as you see, you go, okay, what, what's happening? And there'd always been rumors throughout his career that he was going to have a boxing match. He loves boxing, was always interested in doing it. And Roy Jones Jr., who for me is my favorite boxer of all time. I think he's one of the greatest ever to ever do it. But Roy Jones Jr. was always in the mix of talking about having a boxing fight with Anderson Silva. Their styles would go really well and it never eventuated. I'm not really sure why it never happened, probably because Dana White couldn't get his vig from it. But the the fight that he takes shocked a lot of people because he fights um, um, what, um, what's his name? Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., who like a legit legit boxer, <laughs> a really really good boxer, at the age of forty six years old in Mexico in Chavez's home country. And he's the son of the legendary um, Cesar Chavez. And, okay, is he one of the greatest boxers of all time? No, but he is a legit professional boxer who has held titles and maybe a bit of a disappointment in his career. But at the time before Anderson Silva, he was 52 and five in his boxing career. So, you know, a legitimate professional boxer. And Anderson put it on him, man. He 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 beat him. He genuinely beat him. It was a split decision, of course, because you have some fucking moody judge in Mexico who was never going to let Anderson win. But he beat at the age of like 46. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, it, it's no one, everyone, including myself, were just like, why are you doing this, Anderson? Why the fuck are you doing this? This is stupid. Don't do it. And he won. So proved everyone wrong once again and just speaks to sort of, yeah, great athlete, but just the the mind, the mind that he has. And the the fight IQ, just in any sort of combat situation, he can analyze it and just break it down and turn it into a fucking – a professional boxer at the age of 40. <laughs> Absolutely. Crazy. Mid-40s. Mid-40s. Yes. Just incredible. And then, of course, the last time we've seen him um, compete in combat sports was against Tito Ortiz. I don't know how Tito Ortiz talked himself into this, into a pro boxing fight, because Tito had some of the worst hands anyway. He just fucking sucked. And Anderson, as expected, pieced him up and knocked him out in round one. He had no business... Being in there, but he did. Uh, you know, they both got paid. Congratulations to them. But I want to. I want to see more, man. I, I, I obviously he's not going to be fighting for boxing world titles, but I want to see more Anderson Silva boxing because he looks really good. He looks healthy, and he's not taking damage, and he's not really taken a whole bunch of damage in his career. Not too much. A bit towards the end. I want to see it. 
what about you? Are you are you interested in seeing more boxing fights for Anderson Silva? If he keeps putting those wins on the board, man, hell yeah. Yeah, it's, Why not? it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy at this age that he's able to do it. All right. So that, that is Anderson Silva's combat career. And of course, we now have to go to the punch drunk pyramid and ask you, Adam, where you have him on our pyramid. A reminder, we have four levels on the pyramid. Down at the bottom level is the Uncle Dana Danger Zone streaming illegally online. Level three, get down to the pub, watch it for free on the big screen. Level two, you're excited, but you're going to let your mate pay for this one. You're going to go around to his house and, and watch it in the confines of your, your friend's couch. Level one, shut up and take my money. You are, of course, buying any pay-per-view that this person is on. Adam, where does Anderson, the spider, silver, land on your punch drunk pyramid? For the sake of my uh, Photoshop editing skills, I want to keep him off the top, but you can't. I, I Honestly, I, I, look, I was looking at it for ages and I'm like, Oh, like he, he's one of he's one of the greatest ever, but his pay per view buys won't be that good. His pay per view buys are pretty fucking good, and if you take if you're thinking about who was actually there when he was there, he had he had some very very high ranking pay per views. If you compare them now to the McGregor's and a couple of the Lesnar ones, and even a couple of the Rousey ones and stuff, they don't get close to it. But you have I think you have to look at it at the from the point of view of. They weren't there when Anson Silva was there, and the UFC wasn't as popular when Anson Silva was there. So these numbers, you have to scale them, and those that amount of title defenses, I can't. He has to be at the shut up and take my money level for me. And not only that, the he he's just the goat. And if I when I was, he's if he's not the goat, he's one of the greatest ever. And if I was, if I was. My age now, then, I would have been buying them. The re- I didn't buy them back then, and the reason was because I couldn't. <laughs> that was the only reason I didn't buy them. I would have been buying them, 60, and I wouldn't have been buying many. pay-per-view was all the money you had. Yes, exactly. And um, I'd rather spend it on uh, Goon and uh, Xbox games. So, <laughs> Yeah. Living the dream, mate. Living the dream. One yeah. Goon sack at a time. Now all I spend my money on is Goon, Xbox games, and pay-per-views. So I've really moved up in the world. That's what becoming an adult looks like. Yeah, for all the children listening, you've got a lot to look forward to. Uh, yeah, so he's, wait, he's, he's level one for you? I have to put him there. I tried not to. I really tried not to, to be honest. All right, well, you you... You um, were unable to, but I'm going to succeed where you fail because oh. I can't. I can't put him in level one. I'm, and here, I'm here for this argument. The reason why is yes, he had two very big pay per views. Uh, Silver versus Son and two was nine hundred twenty five thousand, and then the rematch with Weidman just peaked over a million. But there's something that they have in common. They're both rematches, and the narrative of those rematches were primarily driven by the opponent in that fight rather than Anderson Silva. Chael Sonnen did, uh, versus Silva did 600,000 pay-per-view buys, and that was because Chael Sonnen talked all the shit and did all the promotion. Even Nick Diaz, the return of Anderson Silva, only drew 650,000 pay-per-view buys. 
which you have to attribute to a lot of that to Nick Diaz. Silva was a great fighter. We've, I've just said he was he's in my top two of all time. But he wasn't a big draw. The pay-per-view against Yushin Okami, 335,000. 300,000 against Patrick Cote. And I know we have to, we have to contextualize those numbers. But we had an opportunity at UFC 234 with Adesanya, who was a rising star. And it only did 175,000 pay-per-view buys. I know Anderson Silva was past his prime then and he wasn't the champion. But he was still a huge name in the sport. But he just didn't sell. And I think it's because he didn't really speak English, which he's corrected now, by the way. He's, his English is great. Yeah. He just never took the time during his career. He never promoted. And he was this very much this traditional respect the martial arts type character. But even GSP, who was like that, was a monstrous pay-per-view draw over, over a similar period. And for those reasons, I just can't put him in the top tier. Not to mention the fact that I think the reason why his pay-per-view numbers didn't necessarily always do so well is because there was the possibility that you would get a Tyler's Laetus or a Damian Meyer type contest, that the matchup wasn't going to be great and maybe it wasn't going to be all that exciting. You obviously had those other great fights sprinkled in between. And I think, for example, if they had have made the Bisping fight a pay-per-view, that might have done quite well. But also Bisping was a big driver of, of, of sales as well. And I just think that Anderson, by himself, for, for, for whatever reason, didn't capture the wider public purchase of pay-per-views in the way that a GSP or a John Jones or a Conor McGregor or a Chuck Liddell did. They, he didn't quite transcend cultural boundaries outside of the, the hardcore MMA yeah. fans. No, you are right. You, you. I was going to argue, sort of saying that he was might have been a victim of other people, like the rest of the fights on his card are just shit because they can throw silver in there and everything else. Like you can, they can throw the garbage behind it, and no one's going to notice. But you're right. You're actually so right. That not many casuals would have bought the pay per view because it was a silver fight, and like that is how you get pay per view buys. The casuals want to watch you fight. Yeah, and. Again, it could come down to the to the language barrier, but you know, Chuck Liddell was making appearances in Entourage and still fighting. You didn't see Anderson Silva really anywhere except for a, a couple of real shitty like D grade movies. But but really, absolutely nothing. Most of the appearances he's been in don't even have their own Wikipedia page, right? And he was randomly the host of Ultimate Beastmaster on Netflix for the uh, for the for the Brazilian squad, which was which is cool, but yeah, he just, he's never been out there as part of the, you know, crossover between sports and culture. And I think that's why in Brazil, of course, superstar. And I'm sure he did stuff in Brazil, but when we're talking about pay-per-view buys, the, obviously the, the, the metric is in America, American pay-per-view buys. That's what the metric is. He just never was able to really break through except when there was a narrative and, and, and the rematch and those 2 million combined pay-per-view buyers there or thereabouts were two rematches coming off one, uh, his first loss and two, a fight where he was completely dominated. And I think that speaks volumes about his ability to drive and, 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 and go for, for pay-per-views. And so for me, he sits on that lower bracket of level two, 
even like at the top tier of, of level three, which pains me to say because he's Anderson King Silver. But in terms of the pyramid of pay-per-view buyers and driving, yeah, he's got to be down there for me. Yep, you've convinced me. I'm happy to throw him at uh, just below the um, top of the pyramid. But yeah, I think I talked more. I think I got sucked into just you can't not have the goat that high, but you're right. Right. The numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. One other thing before we finish up on Anderson is I wanted to, <laughs> for the first few fights of his, um, I, I, rem- I remembered that the UFC used to name their pay-per-views. For example, one of them was called UFC 267, all or nothing. UFC 77, yes, hostile yes. territory. And that was so like, are you trying to be the Seek WWE? and destroy. <laughs> and I was glad they, they got rid of that. Um, at, after UFC 82, it's called Pride of a Champion. Then the next one was just called Silver vs. Irvin. So, um, yeah, that's very WWE-ish of them, I think. And especially if they were just going to have to come up with a new name for everyone, at least a WWE can just roll them around every year. These guys would have yeah, Yeah, exactly. They, they, made, they made a good decision. But even even up until that point, the UFC was still like, yeah, the the redheaded stepchild of sports. It was still considered very raw. It was on, a lot of it was on Spike T. It was very far from the mainstream and still banned in a lot of states in the US around at that point. So yeah, it was a, it was a great decision to drop the trashy, ultra-violent type, type names, which they were trying to lean into and, and, and try to professionalize and let the sport drift into the mainstream. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see where it is now compared to where it was. And, um, Anderson Silva is the one of the biggest reasons that it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. No question about that. A great champion, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. So, yeah, thanks to Anderson Silva for putting on an incredible career to allow us to come and talk about it on Punch Drunk History. Um, if, you, if you're just finding us, uh, we, we, we do our where you do reviews and previews of the big UFC events, the pay-per-views, the fight nights, talk about the news, the matchups, what we'd like to see, and then we also sprinkle these history pods in. I'm not sure who we're going to do next, but we both really enjoy diving into the career of different fighters. Um, if you if you haven't um, listened to them previously, you can go back. We did Conor McGregor. We've done Ronda Rousey. They're evergreen pods, so you can go back and listen to them if you, if you so please. And, and yeah, Adam. Before we get it out of here, let everyone know, as you usually do, where they can find Punch Drunk Pod. All right. I always forget it, so I'm going to lead with this one because Lewis has to add it at the end. Please give us five stars on Apple if you if you have an iPhone, if you listen to podcasts. Give us a five-star review, even if you don't think we deserve it. <laughs> yeah. By the way, let me just say, because I had a couple of people ask me, like, I don't know how to rate uh, on Apple Podcasts. It's actually not that easy. You'd think pushing – not that – um, obvious. It's easy, but it's not that obvious. You'd think pushing the little three men like buttons to open up a menu would be like, let me review. No, that's not the case. You actually just go to the podcast page and just scroll down. Um, and it shows you like the first five or six episodes or whatever. And then below that is where you can hit five stars and you can also leave a review if you want to. So if you do that, that helps us out greatly. Uh, it helps the visibility of the podcast when people are searching for MMA or sports podcasts. So yeah. please do that. Thank you very much in advance for that. 
You can also find us at Punch Drunk Pod on Instagram, at Punch Drunk Pod underscore on Twitter, Punch Drunk Pod at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email, Punch Drunk Podcast on YouTube, and at Punch Drunk Pod on TikTok if you want to find the occasional stupid video. Other than that, that is all. Anderson Silver, thank you for everything, but you absolutely suck. Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck. suck. It's dark and hell is hot. Ain't no sunshine when it's Only darkness every day. Ain't no sunshine when it's on. Cause when it's on, your niggas know to be gone every time. Cause we don't play.